It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Go. Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. I'm joined today by Chaz Jurgens, as always, the GOAT himself. Chazzy, what it do, baby? You know who it is. All right, we're here today to talk to you guys. So we just recorded something with my boys, Zach and Roland. There's some great guys. It was a great analysis, really good. Went a little longer than we expected, so we're tacking it on at the end of this one. We're going to be talking – we talk a lot about the Russell Westbrook deal, what it means for the, for the Rockets and all that. It's a great time, really good. You really should listen to it. But we're going to start this episode off talking about the Lakers and the fact that they won the NBA offseason. They signed LeBron James to a two-year, $85 million contract, the first contract with an average annual value of over $40 million every single season. And they signed Anthony Davis to a five-year, $190 million contract that is $10 million more than Tobias Harris signed for. And I love it. I love it. I would take ten million. I would not take ten million dollars in Tobias Harris over Anthony Davis. I love you, Anthony Davis. You're my hero. I love your unibrow. I'm growing one in solidarity with you. Maybe, probably not. Definitely not. Nope. Nope. Not happening. But, but uh, you know, I'll think about it. That I'll think about it. How about that? Maybe if there, if we go into another lockdown, if lockdown number three happens, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, no, yeah. still no, still no, still no. I can't. Play league next summer. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, the Lakers did make their signings. They, what we said earlier in this offseason is if the Lakers re-sign these guys, they're going to have confirmed one the offseason. And I don't think there's any turning from that fact. The Lakers were the best team last year, won a championship, got better, re-signed their guys. The AD contract, it's gotten oh to the point God. in the NBA where I look at 190 mil over five years and be like, wow. That's really not that much. <laughs> like that's like Joe Harris and Davis Bertons. Like that's nothing. Yeah, but I, I think it's a obviously great signing for the Lakers, and then the LeBron deal. You're gonna be making eighty-two dollars a minute or something like that. Something ridiculous. Insane. LeBron's getting paid, and he deserves it. I think it's good because he might take a pay cut later in the future to bring in the, a third star. Yeah, uh, and that's to say, Bobby Marks tweeted out today, he tweeted out that the summer of 2023, I think it could be summer of 2022 if they really wanted it to be summer of 2022, but he says that for sure, the summer of 2023, the Lakers can have max contract money. I think they can make it 2022 if they trade KCP, but whatever, all that's to say. Or they could have if it was a player option. But what, what I also say, 2023, they will have the money to sign a third free agent. We don't know who will be in that class right now because the people that are signing this offseason and next offseason could potentially be in that class. So I'm not going to start speculating over who it could be. But, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Um, can't help myself. But they could add another, another superstar, and that's going to be insane. But even if they don't, what this means in the short run for the Lakers is that the Lakers are locked into this roster more or less until the year 2023. Until the KCP deal finishes, they are locked in. And so for guys 
So that's really big for Dennis Schroeder and maybe Kyle Kuzma, depending on what kind of offers he gets. But now Kyle Kuzma is probably going to get overpaid. Someone's going to have something, you know, you're not going to be able to send $10 million to Kyle Kuzma, you know, a three year 30 to Kyle Kuzma and expect the Lakers not to match. Now it's, Oh, three years, 30. Wait, the Lakers are already on that path. The Lakers were already ready for that. If you're not paying Kyle Kuzma over 20 million a year with a crazy trade kicker, you're not going to be able to steal Kyle Kuzma. You're going to have to pay Kyle Kuzma at least as much as the Hawks paid Bogdan Bogdanovich. And if you're comfortable paying Kyle Kuzma that, you know, more power to you, I don't know how teams around the league feel about that. John Hollinger said that he's not even a $5 million player, and that was the worst analysis I've ever seen from John Hollinger. And that's a guy who destroyed the Memphis Grizzlies for like 10 years. Um, but he's a great guy. He actually gives some really good analysis. But I, I don't like that particular piece of analysis from him. That was not my favorite. Um, so it means a lot for Kuzma. It means a lot for Schroeder because now he could get a two-year big payment for the next two years. And then – be lined up in free agency again with LeBron and NAD. And if he blossoms into that third superstar, then, you know, that's a problem that, uh, that's a, that's a problem that isn't a problem. Um, you know, for Caruso, Horton Tucker, even guys like Wesley Matthews or like, like Markeith Morris, the guys that are like looking at the twilight of their career, they're They know that they've got a few more years where this Lakers team is built the way it is. You can start getting your, your pay increases in. And they'll be making more money because the Lakers aren't looking to cut you before 2023. So you can get your raises. You can make your money. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing with this is the Montrez deal. Um, and I'm going to get cap nerdy right here. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I haven't given Chaz this chance to speak in a second. I got really excited. I got really excited seeing this. I'm still really excited. I haven't been able to talk about this all day. No one in my family cares about basketball as much as I do. Um, <laughs> So Montrez Harrell is currently on an MLE contract with an opt-out next summer. He can be a free agent again next summer. But why would he be? The Lakers will have his non-bird rights, so they can sign him for at least $12 million a year with 5% raises for four years next offseason. So uh, they can't go over the cap with him because they only have his non-bird, but they could sign him for $12 million a year with that non-bird exception, and that's chill. So whatever it is, they can sign him for the $12 million. Um, and if he gets an offer for more than $12 million, you know, good for him. I hope he takes it. I really like Trez. But does he want to compete? Does he? What does he want? No one really knows what he wants. I think he wants a payday. I thought he wanted a payday, and then he turned down money to go to the Lakers, probably in hopes of getting a bigger – people say it's in hopes of getting a bigger payday, but we don't know. Maybe he just really wants to compete. Maybe he's a guy who knows once I make, like, $40 million, I'm set for life. I can just start – using the rest of them, you know, I can make some smart investments. Yes, money gets money, but after $40 million, I think there's like a curve. It drops a lot where you can do after $40 million, um, yeah. which is still an insane amount of money to talk about. But he'll hit that pretty easily. Um, and so all that's to say, like, maybe he takes the $12 million and runs it back. It's just really going to be interesting for the Lakers free agents. They have to have a big sense of comfort now that they're not all just going to get shipped out or waived randomly. Mm-hmm. No, I think it is. It's definitely comforting for the Lakers. It's kind of just like it sets you up for the next couple of years of LeBron and AD and with no real end in sight to either of those guys being the players they are right now. It's just – it's a good news. It's not many better duos. Last year we talked about how there was parity in the league, what was the best duo in the NBA. Very, it very the, quickly showed who it was. People were doing so very different rankings. And it, it, it's LeBron and AD. It still mm -hmm. is LeBron and AD. And, 
until proven otherwise, it kind of will remain LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things we just have to think about with LeBron is always he's getting older. Is there ever going to be some sort of a decline or a drop off? Or never. and I I don't see never. it either in sight. I don't think never. I'm not a bad opinion. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> Mecca LeBron shows up, <laughs> but replaces his body with robotics. <laughs> I think this deal for Anthony Davis, it honestly. As we think it's like, is this the best, most reliable, valued contract in the NBA? Or is Anthony Davis like the most valued piece in the NBA? Because certain, like there's other guys That's... that we talked about, like John Wall, Russell Westbrook, you know, Chris Paul are getting a lot more money than Anthony Davis is mm-hmm. right now. So you... On a per year basis, I'm going to plug that in right now, 190 divided by five. That's not that much money. I'm going to tell you right now, that's $38 million mm-hmm. on average every year. So for the first few years, it'll be a little less. It'll be closer to 34. So it'll be like 34, 36, 38, 40, 42. Chris Paul's making 42 this year. Yeah. By the time that his, that his 42 kicks in, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if, Ka- if Kawhi Leonard signs the five-year max or Paul George signs the five-year max with the Clippers, they'll be making over 50. Yeah. Like, I'm taking 80 at 42 every single time. Like, exactly. bang for yeah, your buck. And I think that's why Anthony Davis, like, that's what I really do see him as probably the best value contract or the best piece in the NBA to have right now. Because for five years to lock up someone who looks like he'll be a five years, could be an MVP candidate all five, could be defensive player of the year for the next five. Should have been defensive player of the year last year. <laughs> so he's going to be we bring in so much to your team. Have him in LA with LeBron where he'll be able to grow and learn. And it's just my only thing with the Lakers is. I was looking before. I'm pretty sure the last pick that they owe the Pelicans is in 2024, and there's a potential that it goes to 2025 because of the protections, which is theoretically around when I would think LeBron is going to hang it up. I would see around like 2025, 2026, but that's also just assuming LeBron is a regular human being and eventually has to age and slow down. I guess we shouldn't, you can't assume that anymore. But I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think this sets them up really well because it'll be AD's five years are going to be done. LeBron might retire around then, might stick around for the new contract, and then they could be looking at one year like LeBron in 2017 where he's just on the team and they end up being bad for a season and bring some more pieces, and then all of a sudden it's Anthony Davis and the new star. And I think the Lakers are just set this way. Like they, They're set to dominate the entire 2020s decade. I would not be surprised to see the Lakers win like four championships between here and 2030. Like, as much as it hurts my heart to say it, it's just like I could really see – I don't see many players in the NBA better than Anthony Davis right now. Love that. I love hearing that. More than Anthony Davis. So as much that, as I, I would hate to – I hate to gas John up too much about his Lakers because the Lakers do have enough going for them at the end of the day. This is a team that – they did everything right. And in the NBA, you got to applaud that. There's not many teams that get it right consistently, that get it right reliably. The Lakers have done so for now. I'm going to tell you this. I've owned these headphones for eight years. I've had, I'm 20, no, nine years now. I'm 22. I've had them since I was 13. And that is the sweetest, sweetest music I've heard in them in nine long years. Oh, wow. Wow. Narrowly beating the first time that I listened to Chief Keef. <laughs> um, we do love Sosa over here. We do love Sosa. Big Sosa stands. <laughs> But another thing I want to talk about really quick, what that, that five-year max caught me completely off guard. Completely. Like, wow. 
Mm-hmm. I expected a two plus one to then side the five year, but that guy just gave such a nod of faith to the Lakers organization. I imagine he's going to renegotiate in his year 10 season to add an extra year and like $80 million that he hits the 35% max deal and all that. It's not actually going to be a five year, one ninety. He'll probably be like a six year, two fifty or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying every penny. It's worth it. It is worth it. it is whatever. Don't get any like complaining vibes from me. I think it's all worth it. It's all worth every little bit. Um, but it's a big nod of faith to the FL one that they'll take care of him. And two, like, this is like a new FO. Jeannie just forced out her brother like two years ago. There's been turmoil. There was Magic Johnson freaking out. There was all this. People said Rob Polinka doesn't know the cap. There was all this. There was all this crazy nonsense going on around them. Mm. And LeBron and AD walked into that room and said, Jeannie, Jeannie, Rob, you guys did a great job. You guys surrounded us with great players. We won a championship and we think we're going to keep winning. LeBron hasn't signed this long a contract since Miami. No, yeah, since Miami. Well, if you want to count the three plus the two, Mm -hmm. it's a three, whatever. LeBron hasn't signed this long a contract in a long time, and he's never done an extension like this before. Never. He's never extended. Yeah. Anthony Davis just signed a five-year contract when he really – everyone signed the two plus one. Everyone signed the one plus one. No one's signing five years. He signed a four plus one. No one signing contracts that long, and he did it. That's just if if I'm the if I'm the fo, like I would be crying. If I was genie, I'd be crying. I'd be so happy. I, I wouldn't understand how to feel. This would have been the biggest win for me. And yeah. so, you know, hats off to genie and genie and Rob. Good job. And hats off to Magic Johnson also for getting out of there and doing a great job as an ambassador, but not being involved with the team, knowing his role so well. It was it's really an impressive thing. A lot of people aren't able to let go of their ego that hard and he did and that's something that really should be applauded mm-hmm. no i think magic spoke on it many times if he left too you should like this isn't the job for me he's not it's not what he wanted to do and i'm glad if it's not what he wanted to do that he's not there anymore and how well he's been affiliated and representing the lakers since he's he's magic johnson everybody loves magic johnson no one no one feels much bad about magic johnson i wanted to say that yeah the five-year deal was surprising a lot of us thought that there is going to be some chance of trying to find another star next year maybe a one plus one two plus one like you mentioned the five year it does leave them open for that 2023 and I, from what i've heard that 2023 class is expected to be really really good from just off the top of my head i know that kevin durant's player option expires that year Kyrie Irving's player option expires that year bradley deals of James Harden. Yeah, there's James Harden, Kristaps Butler. There's some names in 2023 that if they don't resign contracts between now and then, there's going to be a lot of guys up for grabs that the Lakers are going to look at. And you're going to be looking at a team that I won't be surprised if they win another championship between here and 2023. I doubt it's the year that they bring in someone, but if they win at least one more, it's easy to call in a third superstar to come help them out. LeBron takes a mini pay cut, I guess. I don't know how they're going to maneuver that, but we said it before, we'll say it again. LeBron James is a billion dollar man. He doesn't need any more money from the NBA. He could he could work for a cent. Like, he could work for zero dollars a year. And, and he'd still make more off his shoe contract <laughs> than most people make on their contracts. Like, I think he literally could work for zero dollars and he'd still be the highest paid athlete because his shoe contract is that big. Yeah, he'd make enough off of just purely his name and his brand and he'd 
ever needs to make again in his life. So, obviously, this is a great look for the Lakers. It's scary for the rest of the league. To me, I love points, it. To me, it just points to the, the potentiality of another, like, super team, but people aren't going to call it a super team because LeBron will be a little bit older. And so I'm worried about what the league is going to look like, but 2023 is a long way away, so we can't really speculate on that. LeBron will have played yeah, 20 man. years by then. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. He'll be almost 40, so, like, it, we'll really see where he's at. Or is he 20 years now? I don't know how this thing's working right here. Um, Whatever. My my website's weird where I'm getting the numbers from. But, yeah, LeBron will have been in the league forever by then. Mm-hmm. He'll be 38 years old. It's That's going to be insanity. That is going to be absolutely insane. So uh, I don't know what more we got to say about that. I think that's 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 pretty much all of it. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to watch my Lakers for the next – until I am too old to get drafted. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> until I really have to give up on my NBA dreams. I still got a few years left, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, Chaz, anything you want to add right before we leave? Um, not much, man. We talked about the free agency. We got other things to talk about in the future. Yeah, I watched the Baltimore, didn't get to watch the Baltimore Ravens lose to the Steelers yesterday, but they, they played the game with a backup offense, and now Stacey Facility has the best passer rating this season. So, uh, good for them. <laughs> the RG, the RG3, that was RG3's third start since 2017, and all three starts were against the Steelers. Uh, he probably lost all three of those games. I think he did also. <laughs> I think he did also. But yeah, Ben, that's it. I think that's it for this week, no? Awesome. All right. Well, uh, stay, stick around. We got some stuff on uh, on the Russell Westbrook uh, trade, what that means for Harden and the, and the Rockets, a little bit about what that means for the Wizards. But let's be honest, it's pretty straightforward for the Wizards. Yeah. Yeah, stick around. I hope you guys enjoy. Hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, that's Ball Talk, baby. Thank you so much for coming. Hold it down. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Baby, 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 baby. Hello and welcome to Ball Talk, baby. I'm joined today, as always, by my man Chaz Jurgens. Know who it is? And today we got two special guests for you guys. We got my man, the Schultzinator, Zach Schultzberg. What's up, what's up? And we got my man, Lil Rose, the Chief, Roland <laughs> Hubbard. <laughs> so Zach, Zach is coming from Montreal, uh, Montreal, Quebec. Him, me, him, me and Jasmine, boys forever. You know, that's brothers for life. He was best friends with my little brother, best friends with my family. He's, he's been a part of the family forever. Roland and I were roommates together at IMG Academy. Uh, what was it, room one, uh, 124 or something like that? I, I have no idea. The, the only reason I remember is because I still use GroupMe for uh, some of my chats at school. And I see that chat that we had when we got in trouble with Mike that one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I remember you. Shout out Mike Moya. That man's the that man's goat forever. Hey, he's the goat. For sure. Shout out All right. So I want to start this off. Well... The entire world went below. This is all right. Really quick, we're filming at 5:45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4:45 p.m. in uh, Houston time, whatever that is for Roland. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> um, so yesterday night, Houston Rockets finally did it. They traded Russell Westbrook, and so the trade was all in all, it was John Wall and a 2023 heavily uh, lottery protected first round pick for 
Russell Westbrook. The pick then keeps bumping down until about 2025 or 2026, um, where if it still doesn't convey, it becomes it goes top eight protected, and then it conveys into two second round picks. And so, Roland, the Houston native, I got to hear from you. I got to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the trade? Just in a vacuum, the wall for Westbrook trade, and then more in the global sense of everything else going on with Houston. Um. Well, off of like a first thought, I wasn't really, I wasn't really rocking with it. Just simply off of the fact because I'm sorry, you can, you saw what Westbrook can do last year, putting up 27, uh, eight rebounds, seven assists. I mean, he's a baller. He's one of the top mm-hmm. point guards in the league, and you know we haven't seen what John Wall can do in over a season in. Two Even four games. Two Almost years. three years now. Almost three years now. And so it's iffy. But I know he had to go. And so looking at it in hindsight, you just think, like, he's got to go. And, you know, if you think John Wall is probably the best thing we can get for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just signed Boogie. And they had a, a – they played in college at Kentucky, and, you know, they had chemistry. And I just saw something today about Boogie talking about how he was, like, uh, the groomsman at his wedding. So That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, those two can tie James in and we can get this thing rolling. And hopefully with this Christian Wood accusation, we can, you know, do something big with that. But that's really what I was thinking about it. I'm going to be real. That was the calmest take I've heard all day. I've listened to four or five different podcasts today because everyone's been putting out these 20 minute episodes, emergency podcast. I'm like, this isn't worthy of an emergency podcast unless it's James Harden, but whatever it is. They've been emergency podcast. Everyone's been freaking out. The, the sky is falling. I think that's the most calm and like level-headed take I've heard yet. Like, I don't know. It, just, it encompasses everything really well. Zach, I want to know, you're, you have no investment with the Houston Rockets. You are not from Houston. You are not Houston native. You have no attachment to even the United States, I believe. What, no, are, what are your thoughts looking at this? I think this is absolutely a win for Houston. Uh, no doubt that uh, Westbrook really hurt the team, I think, in the playoffs. Uh, he single-handedly brought them down, in my opinion, with his reckless play, just like he does every year. Um. I also don't think that this man is able to play at different speeds, which is something that I think John Wall does uh, very well. Well, considering he's going to be down at least two speed gears when he comes back post two Achilles stairs, he's, well, I me, hope he's learned how to play at a different speed by now, man. Something that I've seen in John Wall is that th- this man has improved his shooting uh, gradually throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this, he's, a, he's a smart dude. He's going to look at his play and he's going to be like, you know what? I lost a lot of athleticism. I need to fix my game. So I, if, if there's something I think John Wall did in the last two season, two years or whatever it's been since he hasn't played, I think that he's worked a lot on his game. Um, I think this is up to James Harden, though, to make this work because mm. I think John Wall could coexist in a team. But I, I, I've seen that James Harden has played with Dwight Howard. He's played with Chris Paul. He's played with, with all these guys, even Russ and – you know, people say that when Russ leaves, uh, when people leave Russ, that they get better. I mean, you could say the same thing. I mean, Chris Paul hasn't been an all-star in the last, I don't know, what, two two years? Goes to OKC, 
takes them to the playoffs, almost beats Houston. I like yeah. this trade. I just hope that – I think it's up to James Harden to make it work. Chaz, I've seen you nodding like crazy. I need to know what you're thinking. I know you're going to have a great you, – you've told me a few takes, and I, I, I despise them, but I'm excited to hear them. Like, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat really here. I like the trade for Houston. I think that John Wall – I'm one of the biggest John Wall fans you can find. I think he's going to come back and look good. He's looked good in the runs on IG. He's playing against good competition. He's moving well. And I think he's going to come out and show a little something. And he brings something to a team that I don't think Russell Westbrook really does. As dominant, as I like to – Russell Westbrook's a force on the floor. You know, he does everything for your team on the basketball floor. But that's not necessarily what you want when you're playing with a guy like James Harden who can do so much on his own. So I think John Wall, what he'll bring is what they hope Russell Westbrook would do is push the pace and keep other teams running. I think John Wall can do that for them still, but make better decisions when he gets into the half court of like, okay, am I really taking this? Should I pull up for the midi? Are we running it back out? That way James jogs up the floor. He gets his isolation, pick and roll with 10, 12 seconds left on the shot clock, and they get a run out of it. And I think John Wall brings a lot of defense to the team too. Him and Boogie is a relationship. They've been talking about they wanted to play together for years now. So to have them two together with James, with Christian Wood, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. It's going to be an interesting team. It's just going to be, can they put the pieces together every year with Houston? Can they stay healthy? Can they make the run in the playoffs if they need to? But I like it. I think Russell Westbrook's still really good. I'm just not sure about the fit with him and Bradley Beal. Okay. Already, I, I want to keep us on Houston for a little bit longer. <laughs> um, just a little bit longer. But then I do want to talk about the Wizards because I'm, I love this trade for the Wizards. Um, well, one thing that, got, that leaked today, because it has been a massive – Best of leaks. This was a great job by Raphael Sohn and Tommy Shepard, the GMs of the Rockets and the Wizards, respectively, in that they got on this before the floodgates dropped, before all the rain came down. They said, get this trade done really quickly before everyone freaks out. Apparently, for the, for the John Wall side, I'm going to start by uh, putting the dish on John Wall. Rumors are Bradley Beal was very, very angry at him because he wasn't taking his rehab seriously, the shirtless gang signs, gang signs party, um, all that going on. Bradley Beal didn't think he was taking the rehab seriously. And, I mean, you're Bradley Beal. You've agreed to be part of this Washington franchise that is not doing its best for some reason. And then the guy who was supposed to be, you know, the X factor on your team isn't showing up, isn't taking it seriously. You know, doll, you know, uh, what's it called? Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. So I rehab on company time kind of guy. And now you're going to be swap, swapping that out for the hardest working guy in the NBA. The guy that's, you know, everyone, lo oh, my God. Yeah, everyone, I've not heard one person say anything bad about Russell Westbrook as a teammate, as anything until he got to Houston. And so I'm going to give Russell Westbrook one more shot before I start writing him off for anything. That guy is still, at worst, brings the best out of your teammates makes you work together as a team and just always is giving it a hundred percent. And everyone respects the guy that's always giving it a hundred percent like Westbrook, especially when he's not Patrick Beverly and can actually do something. So I want to bring it, I want to keep it on, on Houston for one, one more second. The fit of John Wall and James Harden is going to be interesting. 
I think in the least, I, I, I've, I've got a couple of ideas on how I think it could work. I think that they're going to have to do a lot of the same kind of rotations that you see out of Portland where, uh, you know, CJ McCollum will play four minutes and then he'll sub off and they'll bring in the backup and then he'll come on later to be on the bench, to be on while Dame's on the bench and then they finish the game together. I think you're going to have to see a lot of that with Houston. But I'm still questionable about the fit. I want to hear what you guys think about the fit of that backcourt, especially with the front court with Christian Wood and PJ Tucker and I don't even know who else they've got on that on that roster with the blow up they've been doing. Anyone can go. Anyone who feels it, just jump in. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's gonna work. Mm. Um, I think it's gonna work better than Westbrook, but he, they're both, in my opinion, two guys uh, in the backcourt that both need the ball to operate. Uh, mm. John Wall could learn how to cut off the ball. I don't, I don't think Harden will take that role. Um, however, I do think that they, Houston did upgrade in the, upgrade in the front court. Christian Wood and, and Boogie Cousins add some uh, much-needed size, I think. Uh, it fits the Houston style perfectly. I, I think, I, I don't know the exact number, I think uh, Christian Wood th- uh, shot like 38.6% from downtown. Yeah, on like, on, on like 60 attempts, but yeah. <laughs> it's... it's, it's, it's it's, it's something. It's, no, it's, it's something. It's, it's improvement. It's improvement from the season before. He's he's increased uh, his percentage. If if he gets one one three a game, something respectable, something to pull out the defense just a little bit, then that's better. Because Clint Capella was a was a non factor, obviously, and they got rid of him. And but they really missed that. They really missed that rebounding. So I, I have the actual number here. It's he had fifty four three pointers made. On 140 attempted in 62 games. It's not, it's not, it's, that's it's not, not terrible. It's not it's, like I, – I, I personally am a big fan of the Christian Wood, the Christian Wood signing. But I think you really have to be cautiously optimistic, especially with this guy. Yeah, oh, this is the guy that's played – I mean, I'm looking at it. I don't even think that's – I've got his b-ball ref page up right now. I don't even think he played 50 games. 60. He, had, he definitely played more – he played more games this season than he's played in his entire six-year career to this point. He, he played almost nothing in Philadelphia, nothing in Charlotte, nothing in Toronto. I didn't even realize he was in Toronto. I didn't realize that either. Nothing in Milwaukee, nothing in New Orleans. That might be a different TOT. Uh, whatever it is, he's has barely, barely played. This is his first real season, and it's definitely going to be a question mark. It's going to be a big question mark. I think with him out of the spotlight, he's going to be able to fill his role beautifully. That's fair. Well, what do you think of the back? Court there in Houston now. You like the John Wall Harden fit? Um, nah, I'm not feeling it. Personally, um, I feel like if for me, I feel like if we were gonna give up rust, I I didn't really want to get another point guard back. Um, I kind of wanted a wing guy, maybe somebody that can create a shot for himself, but also defend bigger guys in the playoffs like Kawhi, LeBron and players like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel, and that's just because I feel like James Harden can run the point or uh, somebody else. And James Harden was amazing that. at the point. James Harden played point one yeah. season and was the best point guard in the league. <laughs> yeah, James Harden is an amazing point guard, but ideally, ideally you want him at the two. But, I mean, I feel like we could have kept Austin Rivers, start him, and get a guy for us. But uh, – I mean, I feel like we're going to basically see the same thing with those two. 
just basically the same thing with Russ. Uh, they're going to be dynamic, of course. It's going to be fun to watch. And we also have bigs this year. So, I mean, that'll be good. But, I mean, I, I don't see it being any different from last year at this point. I think we're just seeing the same result. And I don't really like the fit personally. But that's my take. All right, so I want to take it back to I want to take it back to Washington. I want to take it to Washington really quickly, and then we're going to come back to Houston. We're doing a little bit of jumping, but I want to do the fits first, and then I want to talk about what this means for the future. Um, so for Washington, I actually okay, I don't, I don't love the fit. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that 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 Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook is the best backcourt in the league, the best backcourt in the East, or even the best backcourt mate for Bradley Beal. But one thing that this trade told, tells me, the fact, that the, the fact that the Wizards were ready to trade John Wall before the season even started means that I think John Wall is toast. Like, I don't think his legs came back. I don't think he's ready. If he was actually as good as people were saying, as people have been saying he is, and the GM was confident in that, you play him for three weeks, and then you don't have to give up a, a first. Because that first only exists to mitigate the fact that John Wall might not play basketball anymore, that John Wall might be completely out of shape, that John Wall might show up like he showed up to Team USA camp a couple few years back, if you guys remember that, looking like he was 50 pounds overweight. Um, I'll have to – oh, man, I wish I could change the logo art for just one episode so I can make that the episode logo art. But – so that's what I got in terms of the wizard side. They thought that John Wall was done, and they just looked for another guard. And now you've got a starting five of Russell Westbrook – Bradley Beal, Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. And that's not a an amazing starting five, but that could be the six or seven, that could be the six or five seed in the East. I could see them having a better season than like Indiana, Toronto, or the Nets if the Nets don't go well, or any of these teams. Because we always talk about that top seven, but the NBA isn't predictable. At least one of them's gonna have a rough season. I could see the I could see the Wizards taking a real playoff spot, not a play-in spot or even getting a playing spot and then beating someone in the first round. They are a good – because Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they both have that X factor. They're both killers. Playoffs, they're killers, those two. Uh, the rest of the guys, they're not bad. Even then off the bench, you've got Davis Bertans, Troy Brown Jr., and Maurice Wagner, and Isaac Bonga, who's – Isaac Bonga is an NBA player. Don't crush my Lakers dreams hopes. That guy was great. Um all that's to say, I mean, does anyone hate the fit here? Like, is this is this a controversial take that I think the the Wizards will be good? Like, anyone? Yeah, I I don't think the Wizards are going to be that good. I think a lot of the problem they had last year was they they finished in bottom five in defense as a team last year, and adding Russell Westbrook definitely doesn't help your team make more defensive stops, in my opinion. I, I mean, who, understand they need more. They need a player who's going to play basketball, and John Wall has to be that guy for a couple of seasons. But I think that just Bradley Beal scored 30 points per game last season, and getting the guy who got the first one to give up the rock and doesn't want necessarily look to make the best pass, but more of a desperate pass, in my opinion, isn't necessarily someone you want running with Bradley Beal. And then it's going to depend on their wings, I guess. Troy Brown Jr., I think, is going to start over Denny, and he could help them defensively, but. As a team, I don't think they have any kind of rim protection. They got they're rolling out Thomas Bright and Mo Wagner, Javis Bertans. It's nothing inside, and I think they're going to struggle. And be if they're lucky, they're looking at like a nine ten play in seed. But I don't think the Wizards are going to make that noise this year. Wow, I mean, I really think that they at least have that up on like the Magic and the Hawks at this point. That's how I feel. 
I feel like they're looking at least on the eight. I mean, maybe they don't gel that well and then they crash and burn. You know, I think that's always a possibility with these. But, like, man, that Bradley Bradley Beal, that dude can play. I'm not betting against Bradley Beal. That dude can play. I'm betting against Bradley Beal getting the ball. <laughs> I think he will. I think he will. I, I think that Bradley Beal's a better fit with Westbrook than Harden was. I really do. Yeah. Because Bradley Beal can play off ball. And he has. He, play he has and played he has, off ball. And he's good at it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really see an issue with that. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think that's the big difference. Like, especially because, like, see, the Rockets even did – Rockets were at their best right before the bubble started when Westbrook had the ball in his hands and Harden was off ball. As weird as that sounds – once they switched the offense, doing a lot more of that, Westbrook was putting up over 30 points. They were winning games. Harden scoring dipped, but they were winning games. And then Harden, Westbrook gets COVID, and bubble was a lot harder. But I really think that with a year of strengthening, he can be back at that level. Bradley Beal getting a little bit off ball time will be really good for his legs because that man stopped playing defense at all. And that was a guy that used to play defense. Um. I don't know. I'm a big believer in it. That's my opinion. Also, Westbrook t- was reportedly taking it personally. All the insults to his skill, his chemistry, and his character. I think you could see him really going for a redemption campaign right now. That's my that's my money. Book it right now. Redemption campaign, Westbrook. Mm, I don't know about that. I, mean, I like it. I think it's a good fit. <laughs> I just wish they had a better team around them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Russ and Bill, that sounds great. But you got to look at the roster. Yeah. It's just shaky. And, I mean, mm. with those two, you can almost guarantee that you'll be in the playoffs, but you're just filling out the bottom of the East at that point, and you're just going to be challenging one of the higher seeds in the East. So, I mean, it's nothing but a first-round exit in my opinion, but we'll see. That's fair. I mean, I think we're just going to have to see how it goes. You know, that's a really – I think that team's definitely making the playoffs, but I think they also have the pieces to make another trade – not for another superstar, but for another, like, good player. If Rudy Gobert is getting dumped for nothing, if someone like that is getting dumped for nothing, they got pieces. They got, they got a bunch of little stragglers here and there that they can move around. The, the, Bert, the Bertans contract is way too big. They'll figure it out. I'm a believer. Um, now I'm going to take it back to Houston because I think the Wizards is pretty obvious what they're doing. They're just trying to make the playoffs. I'm going to go back to Houston. What do you guys think Houston is doing? What the, does this trade – for me – I see this trade, and it's – I think that Harden is gone. I think the – I think the when uh, the leak came out that he prefers Wall to Russell Westbrook, I think that's smokescreen to try and keep Harden's value high. I think Harden is gone. The Rockets are starting to tear it down. They're, they are done. Like, what, what are you guys – what are your guys' thoughts? I want to know. Roland, Roland, you take it off. You're the, you're the, you're the Houston native. I want to hear you. I want to hear what you got to think about this. You got the emotional attachment to this. Okay, well, uh, I mean, the direction we're going, I feel like we're just taking a gamble at this point. I mean, Harden and Rush obviously didn't work, and so this was basically their last try to try and steer Harden to not demand to be traded or after his contract comes up, move in free agency. And so I think they're playing to save getting that first-round pick and – we just got to see at the start of the year because if it goes well, chemistry's good. They start winning. They're competing against good teams. You never know. We'll see what if Harden decides to change his mind and give it another go, maybe re-sign another contract. But if it's not going well. That's, that's, that's really optimistic, another contract. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, 
But I mean, if it's not going well, you can almost guarantee Harden is going to be traded for assets and picks, and they're going to just blow the whole house down. Yeah, I think this this season's a patch job. I think they're they're gambling on on bringing in all these injured pieces, kind of praying for them, uh, praying that they'll actually perform, and and hopefully Harden will stay in that case. But it's a huge gamble. Probably won't work out. I think Harden has made up his mind. I think he realizes what Houston's trying to do, and I think he wants to leave. I don't think, I I don't, I don't really see contenders wanting to trade for James Harden though right now. Oh I'm really? Being. Wow. I wow. really don't. I, I, I'm, I have, I'm I have about, 15 like, trade proposals at the bottom of my paper. <laughs> I'm talking about Brooklyn right now. I really don't see why Brooklyn would want a James Harden, if I'm being honest. Because you look at Kyrie Irving, he's a man who also wants the ball in his hand. And the same thing with James Harden. And the man who I think who, re- who really should have the ball in that team is Kevin Durant. I'm, I'm going to say let's hold this for one second. I like this. Let's hold it for one second. No problem. Because I really, I, that's, that's where I'm going to go to next. But let me get through this. Let me get through this one first. So, Chaz, I want to hear what you got to be thinking, what you thought when you, you heard this trade. Is, are you also on the same they're tearing it down boat? I mean, like both of y'all said earlier, Houston's taking a bit of a gamble this year. They're hoping that Wall and Boogie can come back for the Kentucky days, come back from injuries together. Because there is a lot of love there between those two guys. So I think they could be pushing each other a lot to really come back, be healthy. They want to play together again. And in the best-case scenario, you're looking at two guys. Like the last time I saw John Wall and Boogie Cousins healthy, those are both all-NBA players, you know? And if you're adding that to James Harden, then you're really starting to make some noise. But the way it is right now, we're just going to have to wait and see. I don't think they're blowing it up. I don't really see a James Harden trade going down this season. I think maybe next season during the free agency, there's going to be a lot of players moving, a lot of money moving. There could be some kind of sign and trades being done, some kind of like three, four team deals. Because the thing is for James Harden is it's hard to get the values back for him, I think. It's one of those players that he's just so good that whatever you trade him for, it's always kind of going to look like you lost out on it. So I think they're waiting till a free agency when more teams are more flexible. You could try to get pieces from multiple different teams. It's the only way to really make a deal like that seem worth it to your fan base and to your team. I actually think that that brings up an interesting point. I think, I think this this is this James Harden wanting out is different than any other superstar leaving request that we've ever heard, because for the first time in a long time, there's an actual shot at getting equal value from the Philadelphia 76ers. Now we're transitioning to trade talks. The Philadelphia 76ers can offer one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. And I don't think that they, you'll ever get better value back for a player of Harden's caliber. Ben Simmons, my, my trade that I got written right here is Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and then Matisse Thybul, who the world is really high on. I don't get it. I think he's one of those like players that people get way too into way too early and then he's not as good as they say. Um, all of that – you can get those guys, and then you get up to four first-round picks to cover up at least the two, the two that they already gave to OKC in 2024-2025. The other two pick swaps, the other two picks they gave to OKC were pick swaps, so you don't need to cover those. You'll still have first-rounders those years. But priority number one needs to be making sure you have a first-rounder every year until 2024-2026, and you have those covered by someone else's pick, if not your own. No more trading your own picks, all that. Um, and I really think that, like, 
if if I'm the here's the interesting thing for me, my take on this is if I'm the Rockets, I want Joel Embiid. It's easier to build around around Embiid. He looks like he can be more of a one man wrecking job than Ben Simmons. But if I'm Philly, I also want to give up Joel Embiid because Harden and Simmons is a much scarier pick and roll duo than Harden and Embiid. Also, it would let Simmons play the five, which I think is his natural position, especially if you play him the same way that he played Bam. I think I've given this take on like at least two previous episodes. I definitely have. I love that take. It's my favorite basketball opinion. What are you guys thinking of that of that trade? Especially Roland. Really, I'm I'm mostly throwing it to you for the emotional side. I want to know what you feel, what you would feel like the Joel Embiid Ben Simmons. What what you would feel would be a fair trade from Philadelphia. Uh, for James Harden, uh, either one of the two, uh, maybe some young guys. I mean, they don't have any young, they, the only young guy they have is Thibault, really. I think Shake Milton's like 24, really. I'm, I'm going to Google that right now. Keep going. I would take Shake Milton, yeah. Throw a Shake Milton, take Eric Gordon off of us because of his contract, um, and throw us a couple yeah. of picks. Yeah, that's, I, I like that you threw in the uh, the Eric Gordon contract. I, I don't like that one at all. It looks but really ideally, bad. Yeah. Ideally, though, we want Ben Simmons because he's a generational talent in my eyes. Mm-hmm. My, mine, too. Mine, too. That guy is just – he's different. He doesn't look like uh, – he doesn't look like anyone we've ever seen before in my eyes. Exactly. I think, yeah, they need to have their eyes on Ben Simmons. What about you, Zach? What are you looking at? What are you looking at for a deal? Fortunately, whatever deal it is, I, I agree that it should be Ben Simmons, but I still think that you lose James Harden, and that's a loss. But no oh, definitely. No, no, definitely, definitely. There's no recouping James Harden's value. But I think that in terms of if you're looking at at least getting an all-NBA-level player back, I think that's the closest you're ever going to get. Like, AD got traded for Brandon Ingram, like – Jimmy Butler got traded for Josh Richardson. Like, Paul George got traded for, like, Victor Oladipo. Like, Serge Ibaka got traded for Victor Oladipo. Like, there's a lot of, like, these – a lot of times these all-NBA guys guys get traded for guys that, you know, a pipe dream for them to make all-NBA. I mean, and then Victor Oladipo did make Mm all-NBA. But for for James Harden, you're looking at getting Ben Simmons, who I think he made all-NBA third team. And Joel Embiid, who's a previous All-NBA team maker. So I think that that's more what I was getting at. That's, like, the best value we've seen recently for a superstar. Yeah, I just don't know how Ben Simmons would fit with the, with the Rockets around him. Honestly, it might be better because he has all those shooters around him. That's true. For Ben Simmons. It's something that he lacks in Philly. Could really open up his game. Yeah. All right. Now I just want to throw out a trade. A trade or Chaz, do you have any thoughts on this? Give me some first. You're actually a 76ers fan, right? Yeah, yeah, we've talked oh, a little great. bit about this one before. And like I said, I think the Joel and B for Harden swap, it, it makes sense. It, well, it makes sense. If there's going to be a deal, it would make sense that that would be one of the ones that's on the top of the list that could be done. I think it's something that would, again, I think it would happen more next season because I could see a well that the Houston Rockets you know, make the playoffs on the first round again. James Harden's upset. Same thing can happen in Philly where they get bounced in the first or second round early. And they got to make a change, and that's when that deal could happen. But I really do like what Roland said earlier about getting the Eric Gordon contract. I think that's one of the ways they can try and get more value out of the hard and trade is trying to clear out other dead cap and contracts that they don't need on the team, so they're able to 
refresh the roster quicker because or else you're still stuck with that contract. You're still stuck with guys getting overpaid. It's like you brought in another superstar, but you got the same team around them. You're able to get a little bit more money off. You can make some new signings, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a brand new team. Really, it's going to turn into one of those 2K trades where each team's sending out like $50 billion. You know, oh yeah, like Harden's are worth 40. Eric Gordon's worth like 18. Ben Simmons making 30. And then you'd have to put in like at worst Danny Green. I don't have the numbers. I mean, you could combine Mike Scott and Seth Curry and all that to hit it, to hit it, or you could do all kinds of different mixing and matching. But man, that's going to be a lot of money switching sides right there. That's going to be an insane deal. Uh, now I'll throw it to you guys. Um, or we're gonna do Brooklyn first. I'll do Brooklyn first. Everyone, uh, everyone knows that we have to talk about Brooklyn. It's the obvious one. It's a boatload of picks. Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen for James Harden. This is a really underwhelming one to me. I, I hope I'm not alone. If any of you guys feel like it's not underwhelming, please speak up. Like, unless one of those picks is coming in like eight years or nine years when all the Nets guys are old or retired. But they really, like, Dinwiddie and Karis are not that young. I think they're both over 26 years old. And Jared Allen looks like a rim-running center at best. He doesn't have any other junk to his game. He doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have post moves. He doesn't have, he doesn't have switchability on the perimeter to an, ex- an exceptional level. He doesn't do any of the – he can't play make on the outside. So, to me, that just looks like an underwhelming package. I was wondering what you guys are thinking of that. Am I, am I alone in that? Am I a crazy person right here? Um. Yeah, I think I think that package is dead at this point. I mean, we just picked up John Wall. We just got Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. Like, if we get those dudes, like you said, Spencer Dinwiddie, Carrot Slavert, they're not young guys. Like, if if you put yourself in Spencer Dinwiddie's shoes, like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. I I want out of Brooklyn to get a bigger role, and I'm right back behind John Wall. So I. I I just think with the accusations we recently made that that whole trade idea is dead. Completely agree. I I don't think if I'm Brooklyn, I don't want to do that. I don't want James Harden. That's just you're a, you're a psycho for that. That's uh, all. I really I I just. But I you're not the only person that says that. You're not the only person that says that. Really quick. One of my best friends is a Nets fan, and he said the exact same thing. And I tell him every time that he's a psychopath. He's a I crazy can't picture person. them working together. I can't picture three ball dominant players working together, and that you're basically giving up your whole supporting cast. I just, I can't see it. I just cannot see it. I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen what James Harden and Kevin Durant look like, <laughs> and Kyrie to Russell Westbrook. You know, I think you're just adding a little bit of shooting there at this point. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I get, I think Zach froze out. Um, no, he's back. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, it's a definitely a weird fit. It's definitely a weird fit, but like, I don't know. I just, I just think when you get that many good basketball minds in the same room, good things happen. Like we've never seen that much talent collected on one team. Like that's two top 10 players and Kyrie's a top five point guard in the league. So it's two top six players. Like I think Harden, like maybe top five even. Like those are two of the those are two of the best players in the league. Like they will figure it out. And they still have DeAndre Jordan. They still want to have Joe Harris. They'd still have a team. I don't know. If they pull it off, that'd be scary for me. That'd be really scary for me. 
I think. But I just don't think I that think there's enough assets there to make that trade. You know, a twenty, you know, late firsts for the next six years doesn't appeal to me, and trading picks twelve years down the line also doesn't appeal to me. So I, I think that trade's going to get stopped at the goal line. I'm just saying though. I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can make it work because we've seen Kevin Durant make it work in Golden State. We've seen Kyrie Irving make it work for some time in Cleveland. But I think James Harden has had that, had that opportunity to make it work with another star before, and he has Very not nice. been able to. He has not been able to. I don't see him making it work with now two other stars. That's true. I That's also, true. yes – Two top, uh, two top ten uh, M, uh, players on the same team, but it doesn't matter if one of them is taking turns uh, standing on the perimeter for the entire possession. <laughs> they're, they're, they're useless there. You see what I mean? These are all players that need the ball in their hand to be effective. I just – I don't think it's good for either team. I don't know. That's fair. Chaz, Chaz, you got any opinions on this? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked – you talked a little earlier about how this is, like, one of the first times we could get the equal value for a trade. And I think this next deal is more an example of what the NBA would normally see for a superstar trade. It's like usually there isn't a guy like Embiid that you can go get. Usually you just got to kind of get these mid-level, hopefully they'll have breakout season guys and a bunch of picks and help them put your team together. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. KD said it the other day that he didn't know where the rumors were coming from. No one really ever talked about bringing James to Brooklyn. Well, yeah, that's tempering. He can't say that. And no one in the NFL is on PEDs either. <laughs> So, I mean, like, I, it's a deal that if you're Brooklyn, I don't think there's a way you can turn down having Kyrie, KD, James on the same team. I think that's too monstrous. That's basically a starting five, for, three of a starting five for Team USA. So I don't know what else you're going to do. But if you're the Rockets, like, I like Harris LeVert. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Jared Allen. But none of them, even all together, can bring what James Harden brings to your team. James Harden's an automatic playoff or he's an automatic – chance in the first round probably second round and that's just not the right value for them unless like you said they can get future future picks but the Nets know not to do that now hopefully hopefully Sean Marks has said that he won't trade future picks but well future future picks but yeah I don't know we'll have to see and one one rumor that I heard that I really liked that I want to bring up because I called it a long time ago I think it was our first or second episode I called it it was it was the Warriors offered uh, reportedly offered a trade to the Rockets that did not include Clay Thompson that got that, that would get them James Harden, and I proposed Andrew Wiggins number two overall and the Minnesota pick for James Harden, and you know what? I bet that's the deal that was put on the table because you can't get there with Draymond without including like Looney and another three guys. I bet it was Wiggins and some firsts. I'm I'm just I'm taking a little bit of a little bit of love right there. And I want to hear what you guys think. I mean, at this point, the number two pick has became James Wiseman, and a whole offseason has happened. So the value on James Wiseman is definitely a lot different than it was as the number two pick. At the number two pick, Golden State would have had time to build their roster differently. But now you're taking away Golden State's number one center. So for Golden State, that's giving up a little bit of extra value. But also, for the Rockets, they now don't have the chance of LaMelo or whoever else they could have wanted at number two. So it's a little bit less value for the Rockets unless they were also in love with James Wiseman. So what are you guys' thoughts on this? You get the James Wiseman, you get James Wiseman, you get Andrew Wiggins, and you get the Minnesota pick top five protected next year, unprotected in 2022, which might not be the double dip draft, but it is not being confirmed that that is not the high school. It has not yet been confirmed 
that the 2022 NBA draft will not have high school kids. There's still a chance that high school kids will get drafted in 2022. So I don't know what you guys think of this. Like go for like the, the, the trade idea. What, what more would it take on the Golden State Warriors part to get that trade done? Is it just that the heart that the Rockets are waiting a bit to see if they get a better deal, which I don't think they will. What are you guys thinking? Wait, so was it, wait, was this trade proposed before or after the draft? I was proposed after the draft from what I've understood. So it would probably be – so the, the question of James Wiseman's on the table is a whole different question. I don't, I don't like that fit for either teams. Interesting. I don't. I really like it for, I really like it for Golden State, but that's interesting. You like you know. Obviously, yeah. Dude, imagine – hold up. So hold on, hold on. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Steph at the one, Clay at the two – Harden and Dre in the front court. Dre takes whoever's better at defense. Harden takes whoever's going to go down low a little more often because, you know, he's a much better post defender than we give him credit for. And then you got Kevon Looney or whomever. Marquise Chris gets a role again. I don't know. Maybe they call it Dwayne Dedman. I like Dedman. The play the five. That's a fine roster. It's not a great defensive roster, but imagine what Curry's doing off ball, catching passes from James Harden. That's going to be insanity. That's going to be – he's going to have, like, two centimeters of space to get a pass through, and Steph's going to catch it perfect, have two centimeters of space, and splash the three. It is going to be the most ridiculous – the most ridiculous breed of talent basketball we'll ever see in our lives. I think that the fit won't be better than the Kevin Durant fit, but I think it'll be a lot more highlight-worthy than the Kevin Durant fit. I, I'd be – I'm excited to see it. That's me. Well, first of all, let me say that if I'm Houston, I'm going with the Philly deal. Let me just put That's that fair. That's fair. With that being said, if, if Houston did theoretically go with, gold, with, with Golden State's offer, I think Harden would work a lot better with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry than he would with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Just because I think that those two guys are uh, way better and more willing to play off the ball Harden wouldn't have to play off the ball. He'd be able to, you know, play whatever style he's comfortable with. Because, I mean, I, I, I mean, think they did, they did it with KD. They did it with KD. They did, they did it with KD. They, so it's been proven to work. Mm. My I thought. Mean, I mean, I think, like I said, if they're trading the number two overall before the draft, I think Houston listens to it a little bit more. I think if I'm the Rockets, I got to get at least a couple Golden State picks. Maybe like Jordan Poole, something else out of this deal because yeah, just Andrew Wiggins and, and James Wiseman and a future first on a Minnesota team that's probably going to be bad, but the NBA, you never know, Anthony Edwards could be the second coming. And like for them to give up James Harden, I think for a number two overall in a draft where there wasn't a clear one or two, and then just Andrew Wiggins, who's another one of those guys. Like, is he ever going to have a season where we think he's going to eventually become a superstar? Or is he going to still keep them yeah. out? It's not a good enough deal for them. And the Harden fit is just – I think it's almost almost too much for Golden State. Like, it's, you're just cheesing at this point. Why do you need <laughs> so many guys that are going to just have a rock and shoot it? Like, you're, you're playing three on three 2K right now. This is <laughs> how the NBA is supposed to work. It was got to be whack. I just don't think it would have been a, a great fit. I think defensively they would have suffered so much, especially Clay Thompson. Like, hopefully he comes back from his injuries and he's good. But if you got to play, Draymond Green's the only real defender out there. 
with Kevon Looney, it's just it's not enough for them, I think. And then for Houston, I don't see where you go with Russell Westbrook, Andrew Wiggins in the number two overall. I don't, I don't think that's the best thing. To, to rebuilding. To rebuilding. <laughs> to, to tanking until 2023, putting out a competitive product for two, three years, and then evaluating after 2026. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's to say, I forgot to, I forgot to add, I do think that any hardened trade – should include a 2024 and a 2026 first round pick even if it's like lottery protected or something i think that you cannot go about trading for harden without covering up for the two picks that they're losing for westbrook they need the 2024 first and the 2026 first in any deal and i think that could be the reason that it got held up the warriors might not want to trade a pick that far out considering Harden's what thirty two, Steph's thirty one. They're all they're older now. They're older guys now. You don't want to trade picks four years into the future now, when those guys might be retired. Yeah. Charles, so, just, just to answer what you were going to say about the what, what you're saying about defense, I personally do not think that defense on Golden State would be a problem because we made we said the same thing when Kevin Durant went there. Yeah, but I Kevin Durant's Durant a great long. defender. He's longer, but. James Harden, I, I just I think that he's an underrated defender. He is he's so strong that really like if if you if he has to switch on someone in the post, I I don't consider it a mismaster. Zach is our for those uh for those that don't know Zach, Zach is our resident undersized big man. Uh the, the, I'm backing him, man. I'm, I gotta back him for that. The density, the density factor uh definitely plays into it, even though he's giving up about nine inches of height every time he guards me. The uh, density factor gives me a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I feel I could, I, I, as someone who's been in those shoes, I understand Harden. And it's really, it, it's not that bad. It's not that hard at all. I know it's not what we're talking about, but I do think that I just want to talk about it for two minutes because, I mean, I, know, I could throw out a bunch of random trade proposals or we could talk about this, which I think is, this is going to be a lot more fun. I think it's an interesting thing how the way you play basketball impacts the way that you analyze basketball you know like i i am a big man who tries to do everything more than he should be doing and so i love nikola Jokic. you know zach is this big dense guy and he he loves the james harden defense roe is one of the best scoring point guards i've ever played with despite giving up a lot of size so i gotta ask are you a big isaiah thomas fan me personally? You personally. Uh, I got to ask, are you going to keep this trend up of us loving players that play like us, that we wish we played like? How about that? Which one are we talking about? We're talking about you and Isaiah Thomas. Oh, which Isaiah Thomas are we talking the li- about? The little one. <laughs> both little. Which one? Hey, they're both little. Both of them, then. Go for it. I'm going to just, I'm gonna just uh, talk about the left-handed one. Yeah. I have my face. I have my face. I, really, I did. I really tried to idolize my game around him. That's and, like, so f- maybe, like, 12th grade, I loved Isaiah Thomas at one point in time. That's so fun. <laughs> and so, Chaz, who do, you, who do you model your game after? Who's your, who's your dream NBA player while we got you here? I'm, I'm going to have to pick them up to get you out. You know I mean? I, I try to follow the greats. I look at LeBron, you know what I'm saying? I try oh to do a little bit of everything, two-way, defense, offense. This guy. Pass, everything. <laughs> We're on the floor, so. This guy, this guy, this is this is Yam Madar. Uh, wait, wait, sorry, I forgot. Your NBA comp is Yam Madar. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Chad's on record. Chad's on record. Chad's on record after watching Yam Madar's highlight tapes. 
Yeah, I could do all that. I don't see why he's so special. I have the DM screenshot, Chaz. I'll do it, too. <laughs> Yo, we need to set that one-on-one. Get Tyler back on here. See if he can get Isaiah Thomas' Celtics connections out here. Let's get a one-on-one going. <laughs> we'll fly down to Israel for that. So I got I to gotta ask really quick if you guys have any other trade proposals you guys think are at all realistic or if I can just rattle off a couple of random ones that I want to have on record in case they happen. Um, I have none, personally. I think it's either <laughs> Philly, Brooklyn, or Houston for him. I totally agree with that, except for Brooklyn. I really don't agree with Brooklyn. <laughs> but you, Chaz, you got anything interesting? I don't know. I, there's obviously there's, you can always think about where he could go. I think about a team like I'll throw out a random one. It's Indiana. Oh, I'm looking at them too. I have those notes open right now. He's got a lot of contracts to move. They don't really have any direction that they're going in right now. So you know, say like Oladipo, Turner, a couple picks, see what happens. But no, I think realistically, any kind of move for James Harden, it's not going to happen this year. Probably if it does. We'll talk about it for sure, but I think he's going to be an off-season move, or if anything, he's going to be in Houston again next year. He's one of those players that's just like, he's always going to get talked about, but I don't think he's ever really going to move just because of how important he is to the city and to the team. It's just like, for him to get traded would be one of the bigger trades in NBA history. Yeah. I mean, he already got traded, and it was one of the bigger NBA trades in NBA history. Yeah, I, I got a few I want to rattle off. I mean, there's the the Vic Turner, Indiana one that I love. You know, they could take a young player. They could take a bunch of picks. But I don't know how much James Harden is going to love being in uh, – being so far away from any strip clubs. Um, you know, him and John Waller out there being the Hall of Fame strip club team, hood charity for life. <laughs> um, you know, you could I could see, like, Detroit or Charlotte or New York, Sacramento, New Orleans, San Antonio, just throwing a package together and trying to get something done. But I don't think any of them will actually give up enough. Uh, the same could be said for the Dallas Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Blazers. They all could make a trade, but they would all be, like, awkward trades. They'd be trading a player that just doesn't – it'd be a weird fit. I, I don't see it happening for any of those guys. But the one team that I think – kind of has the assets to do it and should. They might be a little low on assets, but they can make up for it by offering just a crazy amount of picks is uh, the Orlando Magic. They, yeah, no, that's a face. That's a face on rolling right there. I really hope I can get this video, this one on YouTube. That was a face on rolling right there. Um, continue, continue. I mean, they have, they have contracts for every length and every size. They have all kinds of mixing. You can mix and match and pick whoever you want from that roster, give up whatever first round picks you want. Like, but that's a team that needs an identity that is just done tread water for like a long time. And I could see like Harden and Aaron Gordon. And if John Isaacs comes back and Cole Anthony going and winning, like doing some winning. I mean, I'm a big believer in Cole Anthony. That, that winning thing is a big believer on Cole Anthony taking the steps to being an NBA all-star level player, which I think he definitely will. But just James Harden in that Orlando environment that's already easily able to put up 40 win game, forty win seasons, 40 to 44 win seasons every single season, I think he could be pushing them at least to 50. And if he leaves, they have to rebuild, but they have to rebuild anyways. 
He doesn't leave. He sits there. They win some games. They have some excitement. They finally sell jerseys for the first time in franchise history since Dwight Howard was there. You know, who knows? Who knows what they can do? I, I think they should go all in as long as they don't trade any assets that go past his uh, James Harden's contract. You know, offer every first until he leaves and maybe two protected firsts for right after. But you throw whatever you want. Maybe James Harden decides that he likes Disneyland more than he likes strip clubs. We'll see. Double dipping on the strip club jokes right there. Um, I looked at it. The Lakers could actually – the Lakers and the Celtics could also put together a trade package. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, the, the Clippers can too. And, like, for all three of them, they aren't trading any serious members of their team. But they can do the trade. I don't think that – I think that you'd rather the Nets at that point. But I'm just saying, they're on the table. <laughs> You know, if, if uh, James Harden thinks he looks good in green, I'd hate to see it, but I'd also kind of love to see that from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, I mean, the Orlando Magic deal, I don't think they get that deal done without giving up pretty much every player on their team. Like, I don't see a world that James Harden could go to Orlando and have Cole Anthony, Aaron Gordon, and Jonathan Isaac around him. I think at least two of those three pieces are included in the trade, you know what I mean? So. Because yeah. just getting Nick Vucevic is one of those, he's like 30, 29 years old mm-hmm. center who's going to give you four more good years maybe, and then he's going to go back to Europe. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm expecting Gordon to be there was probably a little much. <laughs> but I, figure, I figured that, like, the worst starting point would be, like, five first-round picks, Markel Fultz and Nick Vucevic and, like, um, Mo Bamba maybe. Something like that. Just, like, they have so many – so many just weird assets. I don't even know. Like I could, I could try and make like whatever's, but I'd be lying if I thought there was any. I just don't think there's anyone on Orlando that's good enough as a player to give up for James Harden. You know, like all the other deals we kind of talked about, they get at least like good quality NBA player. Except kind of the Nets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Nets are the one that they have to compete with the most. The Nets are the one that they really have to be worrying about. Like. But I, like I, I think at that point, Houston just got to trade him. Like, there's no point, in my opinion, of trading Harden for absolutely nothing. You just go all in on trying to re-sign him at the end of his contract. Because trading him to a team like this where you're going to get just like mid-level NBA players or future picks, all these picks could be bad. They're not necessarily translated to anything. The players aren't going to help you win now. And it just becomes the sort of like you put yourself into mediocrity, you know. And I don't think that's necessarily the direction Houston wants to go in. That's fair. That's very – uh very fair. All right. I think that's it. I think I don't think we could talk much more about about Houston. We went a little over the time that I wanted us to go over, but I don't care. I had a great time. Yeah. Boys, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Love to have you both on again sometime. I'll tag you both on the Instagram. Do either of you guys have anything you want to plug? Like uh, like a page, uh, whatever? I like that. Uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good, too. All right. I'll, I'll have a video of Roland of Roland dunking on uh on the ball talk story tonight. If you if you guys remind me, if someone swipes up and reminds me, I'll have some videos of Roland dunking. Um, boys, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, man. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Baby.